Welcome to the Love Revival Aurora podcast. On behalf of Love Revival, I would like to thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy this week's powerful message from Pastor Brandon. Have a blessed and beautiful day. Let him know, declare that to him. Nothing's going to take your praise out of my mouth. Let your situation know nothing that you do is going to take his praise out of my mouth. When you're worshiping the Lord, you're also declaring to the enemy, to the forces of darkness, the same phrase. The victorious confession, nothing that you do, nothing that you send my way, no storm, no situation, no trial, no circumstance will take the praise of my God out of my mouth. You could put me in prison, and his praise will still be in my mouth. You could lock me up, but his praise will still be in my mouth. Depression may visit me, but his praise will still be in my mouth. Loneliness may visit me, but his praise will still be in my mouth. This is what it means to live and worship, that we would have a lifestyle of worship, that our lives would worship, that everything we do would worship the Lord, and that what we sing on Sundays and on Tuesdays and in our cars that they would not just be songs that we sing, but lives that we live. And truths that we walk on and live by. These songs are not just songs to get us excited and to get us encouraged, although they do those things. There's nothing wrong with those things. They are declarations of our lifestyle. And what we're going to do when tribulations come our way, when persecution comes our way, when somebody rejects us, betrays us, unfriends us, (laughs) not just on social. (laughs) I hope you're beyond that. But this, when we worship, that's what it is. We're worshiping Him. Amen? Glory, glory, glory. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? You may be seated in His presence. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, how we worship you. He's got to be the one who consumes all that we are, all that we think about, all that we dream about, all that we... He's got to be the one... He's he's an all-consuming fire. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for the privilege to be in your house. Gathered together as a people, as a family hungry for you. We are thankful that we have the privilege to gather freely. 
which may be a privilege that may not be there for very long. We thank you. Lord, give me the tongue. Lord, I thank you that you give me the tongue of the wise, Lord, to speak words to the weary. And you've given them ears of the wise to hear with intention and purpose. Use me today. Speak through me. You know what every person needs in this place and watching online. And that will watch. Mm. Lord, you already know who will watch this even years from now. I thank you, Lord, that your word is eternal. Let my lips be the connection between heaven and earth today to bring your eternal word in a way that we can understand and walk in. Transform us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory, glory, glory. Man, what a powerful night last night was, huh? For those who went out with us to Elgin. Oh, it was glorious. I haven't seen my spiritual father and my Love Revival Elgin family in a long time. <laughs> it was just awesome. It was glorious. It was so, the weather was amazing. People got saved. Um, it was just amazing. Who had a good time last night who went or who watched online? Yeah. Glory. Amen. Yeah, Ezra. Preach. Hey, preach, Ezra. Preach. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a prophet one day. Get it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I love about Jesus? Living with him is the, it's so peaceful, so restful. That there's no pressure to perform. There's no pressure to perform. The only reason there would be pressure to perform is if we're trying to please people and put on a performance. But when we're walking in relationship with Him, doing what we're called to do, and living in covenant relationship and raising disciples and family, there's no pressure. Because you're not here to see me perform, and I'm not here to perform for you. You're here because you want more of God, and you want to learn more about His kingdom. And you're here to become the church and not just come to church. Yeah. Yeah. And that relieves all the pressure. Thank you, Jesus. And when you live without pressure, you can withstand any pressure that life brings your way. This ain't my message, but someone needed that. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. The greater the pressure of life and the less the pressure there is to perform, the quicker you'll reach your destiny and you'll become like Christ. We have an instant pot. Anyone ever seen those? No one? Oh, one person? Awesome. Cool. Cool. Just making sure. Anybody online? Put a comment. So I got one for my birthday last year thanks to some of our church family, and this thing is amazing. Anybody like squash? We're coming in the squash season. Squash it. So usually a squash will take 45 minutes to an hour in the oven. Guess how long it takes in the Instant Pot? Eight minutes. Why? Because intense heat 
inside an environment with intense pressure, it's called a pressure cooker, causes the food that would normally be done in 45 minutes to an hour to be done in eight minutes without destroying the taste, the flavor, and the nourishment of the food. The pressures of life, if we're living with Jesus and walking with Him, the pressures of life will bring us to our calling, to our purpose, and our destinies way quicker than any other process or anything that we were trying to do. God uses the pressures of life to prepare us to bear fruit and to become who we're called to become so that we could fulfill the assignment he's given to us. Amen? Amen. All right. That was just a freebie. It's not free, though. It'll cost. But anyways. So today I want to talk about, we're still on the subject of royal family. And today I want to talk about covenant. And I read a prayer devotional. Usually I I'm not too big on devotionals. Just because, uh, I mean, they're great. But I think a lot of times we allow them to take precedence over us seeking the Lord and seeking revelation from Him in the Word and spending time with Him. So I have a couple devotionals, but I don't, I don't read them religiously. Um, but this one that I just got recently, I do read it every day, and it's very short, and it's only a prayer. And it's from Brian Simmons, who wrote the Passion Translation. So this was the one this morning, and it goes specifically with the message. And I want you to just listen to this and let it sink in. And it's a prayer. The sun and the moon call you creator, but only I can call you father. You have fashioned the entire world from the beauty that resides in us, but only I was made in your image. Creation in all of its splendor takes my breath away, but only I move your heart. Hidden within nature are secrets of your love. The cooling wind is like your refreshing breath. You raise the brilliant sun to give light to the whole earth, just as your sun is the light of the world. Rainbows of promise, oceans that thunder your voice, and trees that wave their arms in praise all point to your creative genius. You are seen in all you have made, but only I am called your masterpiece. A humble vessel of divine majesty. What an honor it is to be a child of the king. Woo! That's heavy. Do you understand what it is to be part of the royal family of God? Is that powerful or what? Very powerful. Yeah. Look at the sky and how he paints it every day and every night. And yet that's nothing compared to the masterpiece that he's created you to be. That's nothing. The, the, the hurricanes, the mighty winds, the rushing winds, the tornadoes, none of that is compared to the power that he has put inside of his believers. All that we see in nature and all the, the leaves changing color and fruit coming and 
None of that compares to the fruit that his children produce. The nourishment that we get from the vegetables and the fruit that come from the ground and from the trees and from the herbs. They're all great, but they are nothing compared to the nourishment that the spiritual fruit that his children and the church bring to the world. Remember, everything in the natural, it's just a shadow of a spiritual reality. So what you see in the natural is great, it's nourishing, it's powerful, but it's nothing compared to the reality in the spirit that you carry, that we carry. You see, God is a father. He is a father and he is a king. He is the eternal father. He is the only one. That is the perfect father. And as a father, he desired to have a royal family. And as a king, he desired to have a family and a people that he could call his own, that he could give his name to, that he could raise up. To share in his riches, to share in his authority, to share in his assignment and his government, to share in his everlasting kingdom, to share life with, to share his love with, to share his revelation with, to share his wisdom with. That is the greatest thing and the greatest desire of God is to share himself with his family. He desired to have a family to raise up, to pour into, to bless, to encourage, to dress with majesty, to make in his image, to become righteous, to become holy, to become sons and daughters who worship him and reveal him to the world. This is the God that we serve, the God that we live with, and the God that we lay down our lives for. What an honor it is to be a child of the King. He desired a family that doesn't obey because they're scared. But obey because they love the Father so much that they couldn't even imagine hurting his heart in any way. A family who loves him and honors him and reveres him and adores him so much that they wouldn't even think about doing anything to bring dishonor to his name. Wow. This is what he thought about when he created us. This is what he thought about before time began and before he created anything. All of creation was just the canvas so that he could give birth to us. His masterpiece. He said, have dominion over everything, but not over each other. Have dominion over everything.
he desired and desires a family that know him fully and that he knows fully. You say, well, God knows, he, he already knows me fully, yes and no. Because he said, he said at the end, People are going to say, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do this in your name? And he said, I never knew you. Because he's such a good father, because he's so loving, he never imposes himself on you. He said, knock, and the door will be open." That's why I don't like that phrase, asking for a friend. Because that's not kingdom. That is of this world. Because Jesus says, you can't ask for a friend. You can't get in because you're friend. You can't get in because you're parents. You can't get in because you're brother. You can't get in because you're pastor. You can't get in because you're resume. There's only one way to get in. And it's through one who's called Jesus Christ. He's the only way. He said there's many people that will try to be like robbers and they'll try to climb in a different way and they won't get in. See, God's kingdom, guess what it has? It has a wall and a gate. And he has strong border security at the gate. And only Jesus is the one whom you can go through to become a citizen of his kingdom and to dwell with him eternally. He desires a family. And he builds his family with family. What did the Bible say? He's a father to the fatherless. Who did he send to the world to save it? He sent his son, his family. And the Bible says that he is our eldest brother. He's also our king and our Lord. See, we have to get familiar with him where we have him like a brother, but not too familiar with him where we don't honor and revere and respect him. And worship him. He builds his family with family. With his sons and daughters that are yielded and in covenant with him. Those who God calls to ministry. Meaning that's their whole. That. They're called to just, all of us are called to ministry. But those who are called to lead ministries, to lead tribes, to lead what we call churches, but really it's, it's tribes, it's, 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 it's a family. The reason why he calls them is because they are in covenant with him and they have proven that they are going to be faithful and committed to him and his kingdom no matter what comes their way and they are going to raise up a people a family to worship him and to fulfill the assignment that he has for that family in the earth If you look at the tribes in the Old Testament, they all had different things that they would. Judah was the tribe of praise. Levites were the priests. See, God has different tribes to do different things in the earth, but we're all together 
as one nation. There was 12 tribes, but they were one nation. They were Israel. So now you see many churches, many tribes. But we're all serving one king, one kingdom. He builds his kingdom and it destroys the work of darkness through spiritual family, through the church, through people who are surrendered to him and his purposes and his plans in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm always speaking about it. That's why I just said in the mighty name of Jesus. That shows you how much I, I pray like when I'm... <laughs> Sometimes I'll be talking to somebody and I talk to them like I'm talking to God because like I'm just like all the time. We have to always be communing with him. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. I'm like, Father, I mean, Jordan. sorry. Maybe we'd be so consumed with him that we make stupid mistakes like that. Like when I was at McDonald's and I'd be praying in tongues between customers coming in the drive-thru and then I'm like, God bless you, how are you today? <laughs> so consumed with him that he's all that comes out. Once you find your tribe, you will begin to thrive. Once you find your tribe, you will begin to thrive. And as you move with your tribe, wherever you go, the kingdom will arrive. Whew. Got bars today. <laughs> Or another one that God gave me this morning. We must get in alignment in order to fulfill our divine assignment. Alignment with what? Alignment with the dreams, the purposes, and the plans of God. Where are those at when we discover our tribe? God is a, God, he's a family man. That's why he's so against division and so for unity. That's why the Bible says where two or more are gathered. <laughs> That's why he said when two or more agree on one thing on earth, touching and praying for it, it shall be done. That's why it says. That when you come together, the anointing flows. When there's unity the anointing flows. That's why he said, go to the upper room. He didn't say upper room. Go and wait. And it says, when they were all together in one accord. I wonder, he told that to 500 people. I wonder if he had to wait for the 380 who were not in one accord and who weren't ready to be sold out for Jesus. I wonder if he had to wait for them to walk away. They were not willing to wait and fast and pray for those 10 days. Yesterday I was at a prayer meeting in Chicago preparing for the worship protest with Sean Fute. That's happening in Chicago on September 16th. And Jay, who's kind of facilitating it, he's like, oh, this is great. There's about 20 people there. He said, I expected way less people for a prayer meeting. Isn't that sad? A prayer meeting is the one that's optional. When the prayer meeting is the one that gave birth to the church and sustained the church and is how the church is supposed to function. It's the oxygen. Try to stop breathing. 
Actually, what is that virus? That's the COVID virus. What is it? Attack. You're breathing. <laughs> when Satan's attacking your prayer life, it's way more dangerous than COVID. It's the COVID of your, of your spiritual life. All right, I'll keep moving. As we live our lives for our King and our Father, and in covenant relationship with our spiritual family, we position ourselves into divine destiny. And when we do that, the result is we de destroy the kingdom of darkness and establish the kingdom of God. You'll notice once you get connected to your tribe, you'll begin to step out in gifts. You'll begin to step out in revelation. You'll start getting downloads, and you don't even know where they come from. They're coming because you're connected to your tribe. Hey. When I got connected to my pastor and, and the church family that I was called to be in, my, it was crazy. It was like my spiritual growth went from here to like here. I don't understand it. I don't need to understand it. What I do understand is that's how the kingdom operates. It functions with family. You can't even give birth in the natural without having more than one. Without having covenant relationship. You cannot. It's the same in the spirit. People do, but they're violating covenant and the way that God designed it. Who here desires to know their purpose, to know their destiny, to know their calling? Anybody here? Yeah. I hope that's why you're here. I hope you're not just here for loaves and fishes. If you did, you're in the right place. Everyone, everyone, it's built in our DNA. Everyone. Amen, Ezra. Preach. Everyone desires to know their purpose and why they're on earth. How many desire that, Ezra? How many? Everyone. Everyone. Everyone, <laughs> Everyone desires to know their purpose. Yeah. Whether they say it or not, everything people do, it's for some type of purpose. God built that inside of us. These things are discovered as you commune with the Lord and as you live in covenant relationship with the tribe or church family that you were called to be with and as you serve one another to fulfill the assignment that God gave to that tribe. And I know a lot of times we think of tribe like wilderness, butt flaps, but. <laughs> we are a tribe that is clothed with the glory of God. that move as one unit with one vision and one heart. And the only way to operate and function in, as the church, as the royal family, as the tribe, is through covenant. I guess I better give you guys a verse to make this uh, official Christian meeting. 
I mean, I gave you a lot of verses, but they were not specific. Malachi 4, 5, and 6. For the sake of time, I'm going to read it quickly. Malachi 4, 5, and 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. He's prophesying. Who is a, who is, I will send Elijah. It wasn't actually Elijah. We find out later it was John the Baptist that came with the same, operating in the same spirit as Elijah. And he came to prepare the way of the Lord. And he came to prepare and lay down the landing strip for Jesus, who's actually Jesus' cousin. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. How? Jesus came to do what? To turn the hearts of the children to their fathers. And fathers to their children. He came to restore and build covenant family relationships. See, he did save you from your sin, but he saved you into family. He said, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. A curse, what breaks the curse? A royal family, a covenant people operating and functioning under the assignment and the mandate of heaven together as a tribe, as a unit, working together to establish the kingdom of God and fulfill his will in the earth. That's how we break the curses of this earth. That's how you break the curses over your generational line. And his desire... Willie, I love that you have your whole family here, from the youngest on up. Why? Because that's how God designed it. The tribes and the families all came together. They all had to be there. They were all there. They all functioned together. They all moved together. They worshiped together. They fought together. God had feasts that they had to observe together. The whole family had to be involved. God doesn't just want one person in, your, in the family saved. He wants the whole family operating together in the kingdom. Not just reading Bible and having Bible study. That's necessary, but in communion and covenant with the tribe, the church family. The kids should be up here prophesying when we're prophesying. They should be taking communion when we're taking yeah. communion. They should, be, they should be doing all that we are doing. Come on. If you read and you see Cornelius when his whole household got saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost, the whole household, it says the whole household were baptized in water at that moment. They didn't wait for a class. They didn't wait for a teaching on it. They, they did it. Whole families. I, someone prophesied to me before. Whole families will be saved by fire. Come on. Whole families. Whole families. Well, how do I do that if my family does not walk with God. Start a Bible study on Friday nights. Start having communion together. Start talking. Start, well, don't have communion together if they're not saved yet. But start living like you do at church at home. Because you aren't, you are the church. Have what you see on our Tuesday nights. 
Choose a night of the week to do that with your family. And if they don't want to do it yet, you say, well, we're having Bible study on Thursday night. I'm going to be there. If you guys don't want to be there, it's fine, but I'm going to be there. And you stick to it, and you go, and you worship, and you study if you're the only one there. Guess what I've had to do as a pastor? Sometimes I had to preach when I, it was just me and one other person. That's where God sees your faithfulness, and that's where the enemy loses ground, and that's where breakthrough is birthed. Because we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. It doesn't matter who's showing up. It matters because we love people. But what I'm saying is, my commitment and my obedience and my assignment, my purpose, my calling as a father, as a pastor, as a husband, whatever it is, is not dependent on who is or isn't in agreement. It's dependent on my faithfulness to him. Because we are called to do everything as if we're doing it unto the Lord. I remember when I was in, in jail and I was working in the kitchen. And I, would, I was the prep cook, so I had to like literally cut hun, like 100 pounds of potatoes and all these onions and all this stuff. And I worked hard. And I remember people telling me, why do you work so hard when you don't get paid nothing? And we worked every other day for about 11 to 12 hours. I said, I'm, wor I'm working for my God. What I'm doing here is for his honor, for his glory. And then when people ask me, and then when they ask me, then I could preach to them the gospel. Because you are him in the earth. If you live like that, I guarantee you, you're going to start having open doors. You're going to start having jobs pop up. You're going to start having things, blessings coming your way. You're going to start seeing breakthrough. You're going to start seeing all heaven breaking loose. <laughs> you can use that later. I'm going to end with this. What is covenant? See, covenant has been pushed aside and trampled on and considered outdated in our society. We have a society that wants to cohabit but not covenant. What is the difference? Covenant is I die to myself. Cohabitation is I live for myself. You have a lot of people that want to cohabit. What does that mean? They want to be together without getting married, without any commitment. They say, oh, it's just a paper. No, it's not the paper. You just don't want to commit. Because you can't control the other person. And whether that's out of pain or betrayal from the past or because you like to be in control, whatever it is, it's not godly. And that's not the kingdom. Covenant says, I'm with you until death do us part. Cohabitation is, I'm with you until you no longer serve my benefits and my needs. Covenant says, I'm here to give, to serve, and to pour out for you. Now remember, this is what we're called to be, covenant brothers and sisters in Christ. The church is supposed to be covenant relationship. So this is supposed to reflect in our church family as well as our marriage and our natural family. So covenant says, I'm here to give, serve, and pour out for whatever is needed. Cohabitation says, I'm here for how we can scratch each other's back. I'll scratch your back if you could scratch my back. 
only here. And what, what does this cause if you have that type of relationship? First of all, I'm scared to ever mess up and make a mistake. Because once I, once I stop serving whatever you got going on, we're done. That's not covenant. Covenant is I'm here, I'm ready to serve, I'm ready to give, I'm ready to do whatever needs to be done for you. Covenant is driven by destiny. Cohabitation is driven by emotion. (laughs) I'll go if I feel like it. I'll give if I have enough. I'll do that if it fits into my schedule. If you're married, you know that don't work out too well. You better fix your schedule around whatever's going on in her life. <laughs> or his. Or his. Ezra. Covenant says, I fight for you. Cohabitation says, I fight with you until I get my way and you agree with me. You see this in the church. As long as you agree with me, we can be friends. That's not, that's not kingdom. That's denomination. That's not. Got to keep my footing up here. <laughs> Lest I dash my foot against a stone. Let that stone be Jesus, right? Covenant says we are built and sustained by love. Cohabitation says we are built and sustained by lust. Mm. Lust is always looking to get whatever it desires and whatever the appetite is there for. It's there to fulfill its own pleasure. Love is not there because it's fulfilled Fulfilling its own pleasure. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is sacrificial. Love will give its life. That's not, that's not pleasurable. No. Remember, I'm talking about walking as a covenant tribe, as a church, as a body of believers moving in one accord with covenant with each other. Covenant builds an atmosphere of trust, honor, respect, and forgiveness. Or a safe place where you can make mistakes and not get defined by them. Yeah, wow. God bless you. Where you can sneeze and they'll say, God bless you, and not put you out in the hallway because you're interrupting the service. Cohabitation builds an atmosphere of fear, manipulation, insecurity, and a lack of trust. (laughs) There's three elements that make up covenant. What is covenant and what makes a covenant? Number one... It's an agreement that is only broken by death. It says it right in your vows, till death do us part. That's covenant. Number two, those who make it die to themselves for the sake of their covenant partner. Number three, people in the covenant Give each other the right to influence their decisions. Did you get that one? Remember, I'm talking about church family too. All right? Church family, that's the main subject. What does it mean to be a member of a church? This is what it means. Covenant. It's not that you come here once a week and you say, God bless you, how's your day going? This is like doing life together. Praying for each other. 
fighting for each other. I'm going to say that last one again. People in covenant give each other the right to influence their decisions. Many times the fear of not being able to control what the other person does and the fear of betraying and be- or pain and betrayal is what keeps us from deep, committed covenant relationships. Why we talked a couple weeks ago, you have to get rid, you have to go back to that place where that pain happens so that it can be healed, so that you then can have deep, committed covenant relationships. You'll never, ever fulfill God's purpose and plan for your life without deep covenant relationships. Because if you try to, you're already going against his overall, his nature, his kingdom, and the way he builds and the way he operates. Because he's a father with a family. There are two characteristics of someone who is only desiring cohabitation, control and people pleasing. They're two sides of the same coin. You ever heard a yes man? <laughs> Hopefully you're not just saying that because you're one. Uh-huh. A yes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, glory. That was awesome. <laughs> what is that? It's somebody who's a people pleaser. I shouldn't say they're a people pleaser because I don't want to identify somebody because of a weakness they have. There's somebody who are always trying to please others. That is insecurity. And it's, it's, it's fear. You're scared. So you just please and you just do everything to make sure nothing. But what happens is you give all of yourself to people who don't give anything to you. Remember, covenant goes two ways. You don't have covenant relationship with people who aren't ready to die for you. You love them. You pray for them. You bless them. You give them the fish and the loaves. But when it comes to living life together and pouring your life into people, they could have a blessed day. Look for people who are ready to be in covenant with you. Or else you're going to be giving yourself to people who don't deserve it. And they're just going to take it for themselves and take pieces of you that should be going to other people who are there for you and who are going to build you up and who are going to fight with you and build the kingdom of God with you. You guys all right? When someone cannot control the person or the situation, they feel offended and not valued. However, this, is the, this feeling is based on a lie. <laughs> I'm getting kind of, I know I'm, 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 I'm finishing. I'm just sewing you guys up, that's all. A cohabiting spirit will cause somebody who cannot control the person or the situation to feel offended and not valued because they're not being noticed. But that's all based on a lie. If I don't have to worry, if we're truly in covenant, I shouldn't have to worry about making a mistake or if I accidentally didn't say hi to you or how are you or I didn't like your post or didn't comment or didn't say happy birthday when it said your birthday. Like if we're in covenant, we don't take complete offense to that and then walk away from the relationship. Come on. That's cohabitation. You're only here when I can please you and I can benefit you and when you're seen. And that's not good. That's not healthy. That's not love. That's lust. Wow. 
We should only live for the applause of one. I love the theologian Lecrae. You ever heard of him? <laughs> he said, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. Oof. That'll preach. When relationship is built on covenant, those involved feel free and empowered. They live to please the Father. They don't fight for positions or titles. They don't feel the need to be heard or seen or the one in the front. There is no jealousy. There is no envy. There is no gossiping because you know that you are in co your covenant is for life. And you're here to bring him glory, not yourself. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? And he told them, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have any part of me. Because they were wanting to follow. They were following him for days. That's why he fed them. They were following him. They wanted to hear him. Do you imagine our church packed with probably about 15,000 people, 10 to 15,000? And then I say what Jesus said. And most people think that that phrase... They didn't understand it. But Pastor Mike told me that that phrase was an idiom. That phrase was a well-known phrase back in those days. Just like we would say, my mind was blown. Do you actually mean your mind was blown? <laughs> no. Like we say, drop it like it's hot. Do we really mean like... I guess that was a bad one. All right. I don't even think about where that came from because I changed my whole concept of what that is. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. So, Jesus, they knew exactly what he was saying. What he was saying is, if you don't give up everything and follow me and become like me and be consumed by me, Every waking moment of every single day, you cannot have a part of me. And that's why they said, who, who can understand and obey this teaching? And they all got angry and walked away. And he looked over at the 12 and he said, are you going to go too? And Peter said, where else are we going to go? You're the only one that has the words of eternal life. We've left everything already to follow you. The ones who are truly in covenant will be there. When the loaves and the fishes are gone. When the lights turn off. When the cameras turn off. They'll be the ones that are praying with, for you. Praying with you. Building. Calling. Seeing what's needed. Those are the people. You need to build those deep relationship with. Let's stand to our feet. <sighs> Glory. All of us have fell into this cohabiting it's part of our culture. It's part of our society. It's leaked into the church. People are building according to it, building churches according to it. So let us come and repent for living in a surface level relation, living in surface level relationships instead of having covenant relationships. So just pray with me. Just say, Father, I thank you.
that you sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we could become your children so that we could become a family in covenant with each other fighting for each other serving one another honoring one another pushing one another forward Loving each other. Lord, and I repent for not always doing these things for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Help me to build deep intimate covenant relationships and show me who to build those relationships with in Jesus name amen Gloria you may be seated um, do communion Philip you want to come help and uh one of the willies, you want to come help? One of the willies. We <laughs> <laughs> <I> love you guys. <laughs> You're just going to bring it over here. You guys are both stomping on them. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, the whole... meaning behind communion is covenant. It's the covenant meal. When you see covenants, even in the Old Testament, they would have a meal together. In the New Testament, Jesus was walking when he resurrected with the, those two disciples and they didn't know that it was really Jesus. And they were talking to him. And they said, hey, come and eat with us. And right when they started eating, he revealed who he was to them. Because hey. covenant. They could have just, he was going to keep walking. And, they, and he was going to separate from them. And then they said, hey, why don't you come with us? And eat with us. That's when he revealed himself to them. Wow. Whenever we eat communion together, he reveals a greater part of himself. Mm. And it's something special. It's something amazing. It's not, I don't take it lightly. A lot of people, they just do it like as a celebration. I guess it's a celebration, but to me, it's way deeper. I mean, it's so powerful. It has the power to bring healing to your body, to bring you long life, and to bring you strength. And in the opposite, when you don't take it in a worthy manner, and I think that means you're not unified with your brothers and sisters, among other things. Paul said, if you take it in an unworthy manner, it actually could bring sickness, premature death, and weakness. So the opposite is true, too. It can bring healing, strength, and long life. And Paul didn't say that so you're scared of not taking it. He said, no, examine your heart. Get the wickedness out. Release forgiveness to whoever you need to release forgiveness to. And take it. This meal is so precious. It costs Jesus. It, it brings us back to Jesus dying for us so that we could be in covenant with one another and with him. He said, as often as you drink, eat my flesh and drink my blood, as often as you take this communion, this covenant meal, 
Remember me. Remember. Members that were broken apart come together. Wow. Remember my body. My body was broken Ooh. in the natural. Make sure that my body is remembered in the spiritual. Come on. Awesome. His body was broken so that now we could be made whole. And now us as a church body can be made whole and one. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for your body being broken for us, your blood being shed for us. We do not take this lightly, Lord. I ask that you bless these elements, Lord, that as we take them in faith, It'll bring healing, strength, long life, and unity in your body that will destroy the works of darkness and establish your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Love Revival Aurora podcast. If you'd like more information, follow us on our social media or visit us at loverevivalaurora.org.